Hello everybody and welcome back to I've Got a Movie to Watch. My name is Matt. My name is Dakota. And this week we are finishing out our Christmas movies with, I think this was my favorite one this month. Oh, it was my favorite one. Yeah. yeah. So we watched It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. What was your first expectations going into it? So I remember like last episode, because we both went into this like for the most part blind. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying it was like very akin to like... A Christmas Carol, like how it would be set up? I thought it was going to be because it was the first time watched for both of us. So, like, just from context clues, and I guess I mistook George Bailey for Mr. Potter because Mr. Potter is a Scrooge that never learns his lesson. Yeah, and he doesn't get punished for it either. No, Mr. Potter is probably one of the worst theatrical characters I've ever seen in my entire life. He lived a very long time. Probably because of all that money that he stole. Like, this was when, like, polio was a thing. Yeah. And homie well, was I mean, still he, He's still, like, rolling around in a wheelchair, like, in his 90s. And Something just, like, <laughs> just ready. So, don't like him. No, Mr. Potter sucked. Mr. Potter sucked. But George Bailey, flawed character, but I, I enjoyed George Bailey. And I think our favorite character was Mary. Mary is a G. Yeah, Mary's, Mary's awesome. Like, if you don't got a Mary in your life... Maybe you're the Mary. But I like to think I'm the Mary. <laughs> I uh, I enjoyed this movie considerably more than I thought I would and I did too. You did you watch it in one sitting? One sitting. Cause I I started it probably like at eleven o'clock one night because I was like, We need I need to watch it. We're about to do it. I need to go and knock it out. Mm-hmm. And it was getting so late and I was like, I want to keep watching this movie, but I still have a whole nother hour to go. Well, that explains why, the, like, I, I'm assuming the next day I got a text message at, like, 7 o'clock saying, Mr. Potter sucks. Oh, yeah. Mr. And Potter's I was like, awful. what? <laughs> okay. Because, like, throughout the movie, Mr. Potter definitely sucks. But at the end on, like, the Christmas Day stuff, like. Oh, he sucks, sucks. Oh, he big sucks, sucks. Super suck. Because, like, even George goes to his, because he owns properties and he's, like, trying to get, and he does finances, too, I think. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to get some financial help from Mr. Potter because he doesn't he doesn't know this, but Mr. Potter stole the money. Yep, yep. Which it's, he didn't purposely steal the money, but he also when he found it, he kept it and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, like he knew what the money was for. He knew who. And he was like, "Ah, oh, this is this has been my antagonist the entire time and now I've got the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Fun fact, speaking of that, I, again, looking on the Wikipedia, uh, as I often do, not sponsored, mm-hmm. but love me some Wikipedia. Um, he had apparently that per... Barrymore was his last name. Can't remember the first name, even mm-hmm. though I just said it not even 10 minutes ago. Um, Barrymore was actually a Scrooge on a lot of radio. Yeah. Radio shows. That out. So that makes sense. He did a good job being a asshole. <laughs> yeah. So, for sure. So do we want to um, do like the play by play for this one? Um we can we can kinda do a play by play. I wanna talk about the themes of this movie and like mm-hmm. what really because there are a lot of themes in this movie, like a lot. Um, there's a lot of grief, loss, um, Sacrifice. Sacrifice is a huge part of this movie. Mm-hmm. And we can talk about the themes of the movie, but I want to dig a little. We were having a pre-podcast discussion. I want to talk about, because um, it's very early on in the movie, I want to talk about the relationship between George and Harry and how it affects you a little bit. You don't have to go into big detail, but like, mm-hmm. you were telling me like just 
that relationship, like you were like, it resonated with me. Oh yeah, I was like, yep, I'm George. That's fine. <laughs> I've, I've 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 lived this before. Um, so one of the the running themes for George, who as a flawed character, like you get to see where these flaws come from, mm-hmm. and so one of them being like this relationship with his brother, and so it starts off very early on with the angels looking at um, George's life, and it starts off very early on um, with the sledding thing. And his little brother, Harry, mm-hmm. um, you know, all of his friends go down. It's a good time. And then his little brother, Harry, goes down the the mountain, down the little, like, snow. Snowbank. Snowbank. I was yeah. like, it's not a mountain. Help. It's yeah. a li- Like, that's not even anywhere close to But they're, to a like, mountain. sledding off a snowbank into In, like, a, frozen a frozen pond. pond. Yeah. And Harry can't control the sled and eventually, like, gets to the edge of the pond where it's, like, a little looser and falls in. Yep. And so water. George jumps in, saves his little brother, and then loses Loses hearing hearing, he goes deaf in one ear from the result of the cold and this is like at the time this was like 1919 i think was george's childhood really so and this movie was made in the 40s 1946 was when this movie came out so just after world war ii Mm -hmm. so it is also it's not it's a product of its time in some ways as well but i'll get into that at a later point yeah because they do discuss the war not significantly, but like the war is a big part of the later act. You and you also see like the Great Depression, and, yeah. and that also like how it affects everything. But anyway, so like George jumps in, he saves his baby brother, and like from that get go, I was like, yep, because I was in a similar instance as well, where like, and you guys have heard of my sister; she's been on two podcasts now. Um, she's my younger sister; we're about four years apart, yeah. and I care very deeply about my little sister. And we, I've had a similar experience where we were. Um, out on a vacation and we got into a car crash and my sister was actually leaning on the door that got hit and somehow or another I don't know why I just reached over and grabbed her and put myself on top of her and if she would have like stayed like she would have she would have absolutely gotten hurt definitely definitely wouldn't got like because that was the impact zone was like the door that Mm -hmm. she was laying her head on so I was like that's me (laughs) there I am because the whole I'll admit there's there's a lot of good messaging in this movie, but when it comes to... We've talked a lot about how we relate to certain characters during the holidays through... Like, I related to uh, um, the Griswolds, and I related to the Grinch a little bit here and there, and I relate to certain characters in the movies that we've talked about, but there's nothing that I can clearly relate from my personal life to it's a wonderful life other than like regrets Mm -hmm. being a huge theme like i've talked about the regrets i've dealt with in my life and how it's a source of my depression and so forth and so on Mm -hmm. but when you were talking about like how you directly related to the george and harry Mm -hmm. relationship Mm -hmm. it i feel like that is more significant than the stuff i can talk about um well, Dakota just gave me like the shut up, Matt Shrug. <laughs> it was like you know you have you mean your stuff is just as you know important and prevalent to you, um, it, and even if like it can't be something that you feel like is relatable enough to share with other people, still means that you know it's important. Yeah, um, but a big theme of this movie is uh, we pretty much go directly into. We're still in George's young childhood and you start seeing the groundwork of what the movie's trying to lay of like George 
kind of helps other people and that's just kind of his second nature and even though he regrets sometimes when he's helping others because it keeps him stuck in a lifestyle that he doesn't want to be in Mm -hmm. he has this innate and i okay i can kind of relate to george on that because i also have this innate like wanting to help people Mm -hmm. and then when you help people often and never get anything in return it's kind of like running yourself dry a little bit there and that's kind of how george feels like he keeps helping people and helping people and helping people and not really getting anything in return from it and feeling like all this stuff that he's done all these sacrifices he's made he's now stuck in this lifestyle that he doesn't want to be in but as we get further and further into the movie like you slowly realize that all the things that George has done in his life has had a return, has had an impact. And so it just lets you know, like, and something that was taught to me by my mentor when I was interning and was still like a therapy intern, is you get early on, and you could still have this, is like you get to the part where you're kind of like, am I even doing any good? Mm -hmm. And like, I, I do good just because I want to do good. Not that I expect any anything in return, but I understand for like the purposes of this movie, that's how that plays out. But my mentor had said like, regardless of like where you were at in like your clients' lives, you will at least be the one person ca- that cared. Like you know that you cared about them, and that can have a ripple effect. And it definitely had a ripple effect for George. Like even though like in the in the moment he doesn't see like the the ripples that it has. You get to later on with. Clarence being like, no, because you did this, you get to, like, this person did this, and this did this, and, you know. Yeah, because one thing I kind of, because they do dig pretty deep into George and Mary's relationship. They dig pretty deep into... um, George's business that he inherits from his father. Mm -hmm. Because his father passes away, and originally... um, and that's that it's like always something every time so like it's he it was he turned 18 and he had just finished high school or something like that yeah and he was his planning father, on going off and yep his father the world. and he meets mary and they're like just beginning to talk and mary had been prevalent like throughout even in childhood mm-hmm. um she would come visit him at work and she was like i'm gonna love you till the day i die and i'm like you're 12 but she meant that and now mm. i'm like i got utmost respect for that woman but like he gets to see Mary and he has a good time and he's like, yeah, I'm going to go travel the world and these are going to be these things. And he tells people this is what he wants to do and then mm-hmm. his dad has a stroke. And then he goes and he has to, unfortunately, take over those affairs and that delays him from going on his travels. Yeah. And then two, three months go by and he's like, okay, everything's settled. I'm about to bounce again. And um, the board of directors for that, uh, for his father's place, they pretty much... Their options are sell the business to Mr. Potter or have someone step up. And everybody votes that they don't want to sell to Mr. Potter. But the only way they're not going to sell to Mr. Potter is if George steps up as the, I guess, he would be CEO. Yeah, he would be the executive like secretary Officer, yeah. or whatever they said. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, well, fine. And so he does it for four years with Henry with the idea that Henry, his younger brother, is going to come Harry, back. Harry. Harry. What yeah. did I say Henry? Oh, Henry is the Henry Potter. Sorry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Harry Potter, Henry Potter, whatever. Um, so Harry goes off to college, comes back. Oh, hey, guess what? He's married with a job lined up. 
And now George is like, I can't do that to my baby brother. He's got his life ahead. He's got this new <laughs> wife. He has to go support these things. And then he gets kind of thrown into like this almost existential crisis of like, well, here I am. What am I going to do? I don't have a wife. I don't have the family. And then re reintroduced to to Mary. And then that was that was a cringy thing where it was like, I can't do it because she's dating. She's been talking to my buddy and my buddy. I can't do that to him. And she's like, nope, it's always been you. I love you, Georgie. Well, like you, you get the initial scene where because George worked at a uh, a pharmacy. It was like one of those pharmacies. Yeah. It was one of those pharmacies that has like the, the diner inside yeah, and the, like, the general store. Bar, and, yeah. yeah. And uh, Mary would come and visit him like every day at that ice cream bar. And, and so would Violet, that little harlot. <laughs> Poor Violet. Poor Violet. And they they set that up too. You like all the boys. So what's wrong with that? Yeah. That comes back to bite her in the butt later on. And George is still such a nice guy. Yeah. Such a nice guy. I mean, there there is that small scene because uh, his mom... Whenever Harry comes back with his wife and they're like celebrating their oh, marriage, oh yeah, mom definitely pushes it. Well, mom was like, "You should go see Mary. You should go see Mary." And there's that small scene in between him going to Mary's house that he where he sees Violet. Violet and like he's like, "Yeah, Violet, let's run off and go up into the mountains and take our shoes off and go on the river and like watch the sun come up." And Violet's like, "I'm a proper lady, absolutely not." <laughs> I don't even know if it's actually just like. Do that's I, wild. She that's doesn't crazy. look. She looks like she's the she's the kind of dame that she's like. I ain't going barefooted nowhere. Yeah, she's like. I want a man to take care of me. And yeah. Mary's Mary's the real G. She's like. Oh yeah, let's go do that. Yeah. And one of the things uh, that keeps coming up is when they have one of their first interactions at the. Uh, it's not a YMCA, but it's like a rec center. Yeah, it's like the high. Yeah, yeah. It's like the high, high school, school maybe I guess. Um, they're at a. It's like a dance. It's a holiday dance. I don't know if it, I don't think it's a holiday dance. It's like a graduation party. Thing. Maybe, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, he sees Mary there, and they have their night together. Um, and they're walking past this house, and it's of, instant chemistry. Like he's oh, yeah. very smitten by her. Well, they're they. It's that classic movie. See each other across the room, mm-hmm. lock eyes with each other, and like you get the haze on the screen, and you realize like. Okay, this is this is that scene where like love at first sight mm-hmm. kind of thing. Even though they've known each other for years, um, but they they go on a walk together because someone sabotages the basketball court that they're on during the and dance. It, there's and, a swimming pool yeah, underneath, yeah. and so they try to sabotage it because oh, he took my girl, which was Mary at the time. I was talking to her, yeah. and then it was like oh, well, I'll do it. And then it they like he's like okay, I'm just gonna jump in and have a good yeah. time. And so they're wet, and they had to change clothes, and so they're walking home in yeah. like these, like a robe and like a footballer outfit. Yeah. Is what was available? That's the, like now that I think about it, like we keep talking about these scenes, but I was gonna ask like what scene was your favorite, but I'm gonna be honest, like there's there's so many scenes in this movie that like I keep going back to like the Mary and George scene when they're talking to each other at the dance and everything after that, and they're talking about the house. That's a really good scene. Every scene with Mary and George is really great. The scene where George is handing out money to keep his place afloat and while also paying off all of his uh, um, investors. He, like, and that's his really, personal money. Yeah, like, there's so many good scenes in this movie. There was, and I don't know if I necessarily have a favorite, but I do want to go back to one... Speaking of that, I thought was important. 
even though it, at the time it was just like, how old are you, Mary? 18? Is that too old? He's like, no, that's perfect. Like, yeah, yeah. she's an appropriate age. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> like, I was like, that resonated just because of my line of work. But still, yeah. I was like, yay. Good job, George, for good, asking, I Good guess. job. Yeah, for real. And just like the, like, it was all really good. I think my favorite scene, though, was their their wedding night. Because they had just gotten married. That was a really good scene. They had just gotten married. He, They go to get in the car to take off to go again travel on their honeymoon. And they that's when I'm assuming like the market crashes. And so yeah. like the bank is like closed for the week. They don't know because the stock market's whatever. Mm-hmm. The lenders, because he's like a smaller like family owned business that helps with loans and finances and stuff like that. And then he has to go up against um, Potter who's bought out the bank. By that point, has bought out everybody in town because he's like a miser. That's the term they use yeah. quite a bit. And he like uses his own money. And that's the scene that you were talking about. Because Mary's like, here, we could use this. And he was like, okay, we could do that. And he hands out every single penny. They have $2 left. Yeah. And now they're like, come home. And he's like, where am I going? So they go to the house that Mary had romanticized on that first yeah, date that they super had. Super rundown. Super rundown, but she made it for him like this, like to make it like they had actually traveled somewhere exotic. There's mm-hmm. like the the like tropical music kind of playing in the background that's still spinning the tur- like chicken. There's somebody that's like en trance, like trying yeah. to make it like French Polynesian and. Like, the cops outside singing to him. Yeah, and they, they were like, George has done so much for us. Like, he deserves to have a good wedding night. Like, yeah. And so that's where you start to see, like, those those deeds do have a turnaround. Yeah. And so, like, and Mary was there. And it was just so great. And I'm like, this woman, she, does George deserve this woman? And it, there's different points where There's he, moments where I'm like, I don't know if George deserves this woman. I don't know if George deserves this woman. I don't know if anybody deserves No, Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I don't even know because she's like, even like in a typical, like she's the homemaker. She Mm. literally makes the home. Like she's at home renovating this house. Like, let's go. Yeah. So it was. Mary's. I thought it like. And to to be, okay, to be honest about with it, like Mary, and this movie was made in the like 40s, 50s. Like Mary is one of those women that like stands the test of time. She does. Like, yeah, she's a stay-at-home mom, but, like, she fights for what she wants. Mm-hmm. She's very upfront about, like, everything. Like She, she cares she, deeply about her family. She's not one that's... She's definitely not a pushover, for sure. No. And, like, you kind of get the stereotypical stay-at-home mom in those movies, and she's not the stereotypical no, stay-at-home mom. No, she's in there, and she's, like... You see her, like, putting up the wallpaper. You see her doing, like... Some heavy-duty renovation. Well, plus, like, during the war, she's, like, she was a candy striper or whatever. Yeah. That's what she was? I think so. Something like that. If y'all know what a candy striper is, and we studied it in school at some point. It was a long time ago, (laughs) actually. Um, But it was somebody that, like, volunteered Mm -hmm. and helped out in, like, hospitals and time. Because both George and Mary's mom go and they work as nursing assistants or something like that i don't remember well harry goes off to war and becomes a war hero yes he does and that's what the big climax is like harry's coming home during the holidays and they're having this big celebration for because harry was a huge warrior which president was it was it it didn't say but this would have been um was it truman 
245. So it would have been Truman. Would it have been? I believe so. I don't, I don't know my history well enough to know if it was Truman or not. Because um, the bomb was dropped during World War II, and that was Truman that signed off on that, not okay. Roosevelt. Roosevelt was there for a good chunk of it. Because, yeah. like, there's a scene, and I, I, I'm i just going to say it's Truman. I don't know if it was or not. Y'all can yell at me and be like, yeah, I don't know, you're presidential. But I can't remember the exact which one it was that gave, but it was the Medal of Honor and, like, a bunch of, like, really high level awards for Harry for being a war hero. Cause like he was a fighter pilot and he was one of the few fighter pilots that actually shot down a lot of different planes and saved a bunch of lives. So like when Harry was coming home, they were having this huge celebration for him yeah, to be April, a war hero. April 12th, 1945 was when he became the president. Cause, uh, he was vice president, but Roosevelt passed away. Yeah, yeah. And so he didn't. So I guess it was, I guess it was Truman that. In theory. Yes. Yeah. Um, Christmas Eve, 1945. So, yep, it was Truman. Cool. True. It was Truman at that time. Um, but like, uh, and so that's like a lot of the, the things too like George has made a name for himself mm-hmm. with this little company that Potter has tried numerous times to buy him out yeah, of because they they built a whole like housing plantation yes they did they did to try to keep away from that and even like the bank examiner like the auditors coming in and telling Potter like this 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 dude's nobody to really roll your nose at like he's doing well and so mm-hmm. like Potter's starting to see him as a threat and every like he even saw his like his father, like George's father as a threat, even back in the day. Mm -hmm. And so like you have George contending with this old crotchety old man, literally his entire life, literally his entire life. I mean like at least three decades, presumably, presumably. Um, like he's like in there saying his dad's not worth nothing because he's such a kind heart. He's not a good businessman, but he like, George is like, screw you. My dad's got more character than you. And he's always calling him a closed minded little, just, you yeah. know, like all yeah. the things like dude's just a crappy person. Oh, awful. Awful person. Crappy person. And so when we get to Christmas Eve and everybody's like, Yeah, he's here, like Harry's coming home, it's been a big deal. And so because of the commotion, uh Uncle Bill Uncle Willie? Uncle Bill? It's his uncle. I can't it's remember his, his uncle. name. I can't it's remember his uncle. Yeah. And he has a pet crow. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. Um like because he's like caught up in that he that just reminded me we'll get to it later but like just the crow <laughs> no not the crow the scene where they're like trying to find all the money yeah and the squirrel just like comes up onto his shoulder it's like and i'm like was that was that planned or did that squirrel just kind of show up <laughs> you know i feel like it was planned um I, I, but also I don't maybe, know. Uncle, maybe his uncle's like a disney princess <laughs> maybe that's what's going on i mean they have some musical numbers yeah they do they have a few <laughs> um but like that whole because of the commotion like he loses eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars of like just their deposits to go to the bank yeah. and then like you had said like because he was going over to rub it in like potter's face like haha see we're still good and absentmindedly puts it in the newspaper mm-hmm. and then like potter's like oh we gotta go we gotta go. I got the one up. We gotta go. And poor that uncle is so just crazy. And then all of a sudden, it's like the end of the world for George. Like there's gonna be, like they're gonna hear about it in the papers. There's gonna be this big like uprising. Well, yeah, because the auditors are there. Yeah, and so like he's like, then that's what drives him to jumping off the bridge. Yeah, because in the auditor's mind, this eight thousand dollars was pocketed pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah, and so that's what drives him to, to. To jump off the bridge. 
But he doesn't, because Clarence shows up. Because Clarence shows up. That scene where Clarence just falls off the sky. Yeah. I yeah. loved it so much. <laughs> I was like, that. I feel like that's a good representation of me as a person. Like, I feel, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, when I saw Clarence, uh-huh. and Clarence is a guardian angel. Mm-hmm. AS2. I was like, if Dakota ever became a guardian angel, <laughs> she'd be Clarence. I would. And instead of using, like, the adventures of Tom Sawyer, I'd probably quote some, like, Edgar Allan Poe crap. Yeah. Like, it's fine. You could be this guy. Um, you, do you want to be the instead guy whose heart is buried signing and leaving a note in yeah. Tom Sawyer, you'd leave a note and signature. <laughs> and, yeah, quote the raven nevermore. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to have any more problems. Nevermore. And it's going to be like, why, why, why? I feel like, because Clarence... <sighs> He's been working on getting his wings and like he's been an angel for like 500 years, like a long time. A long time. And he's trying to get his wings and like he has to help somebody to get his wings. And I feel like you would struggle to get your wings for a little bit to go. Oh, I would. I'm also terrified of heights, so I wouldn't be in a rush. I'd be fine. I'd be fine. Because like you're like, I want to help people and I love helping people, but also. Every time I try to help them, something goes wrong. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. You know, we do our best. But, like, when Clarence helps George, like, he really does help him. Yeah. And, like, the whole premise is, like, he's trying to be practical about it and, like, just tell George that he's doing a good job and everything matters. And then George utters the words, like, I wish I was never born. And he's like, but look. That's a good idea. Let's see what and then George realizes that like things are off he can finally hear out of both of his ears he's not scruffed up after the bar fight anymore and he sees like a bunch of people that are big friends in his life that don't know who he is mm-hmm. and the thing that hit hardest for me I think the two was one when he went to see Mary when, when he went to see Mary and the other was when he went to go see his mom and he's like where's Harry and she's like Harry, Harry died yeah Harry died when he was little because George wasn't was there to save, save him. him. Mm-hmm. So George's mom, her son died, her husband died. She's a widower. She's pretty much she's a recluse, yeah. and she's a very grumpy old lady. Which, like, throughout the entire movie, she's a she's very very warm. pleasant, yeah. warm person. And like, he sees the impact that he has on other people. You see the impact he has on Violet, and how like. Even though it was a very small part, like, she was impacted by him because if he wasn't there, she would have taken a much more, not sinister, but, like, she becomes, she's not a prostitute. She's floozy. Floozy's no, enough she's working. she's working at a club, is she not? Yes. Yes. But it's but she's it's more it's an Austro club it's more like a burlesque club which is probably the most like shocking thing of the time yeah I guess <laughs> like for the fifties a burlesque club is probably similar to a strip club yeah um but you see all the these people and like for the <laughs> most part like you can see that Mr Potter took over the entire town because no one was there to oppose him that yep. had enough power to oppose him and so it's like it turns into like this sleazy kind of slum kind mm-hmm. of place and 
by the end of the movie, like, after he sees Mary, he's like, because Mary becomes just... She's an, old, she's an old maid. She doesn't marry. She just becomes a librarian. Yep. And I think, too, like, Mary would have been that kind of person as a ride or die. So. Yeah, and she just never found the right person because George was never there for her. Yeah. And um, George kind of admits to Clarence, like, this was all a mistake. And I now see the impact that it had on people's lives and, like... The big part of George's, like, I guess, inner turmoil is he feels like he's made all these sacrifices and for what? Yeah. So, like, he needed to see, like, no, dude, you make a huge impact on this community to other people's lives. And that really resonated to me, like, and I feel like it resonates with both of us. Oh, yeah. The, the jobs that we have and the people we work with, like, it's hard to kind of stick with it sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then when you get moments where you're like, no, I, I have made an impact somewhere. Yeah. Like, no matter how small, something yeah. carries. Yeah. So eventually Clarence reverses it. He goes back home. The cops are there waiting for him. The auditors are waiting for him. And Mary had gone out and talked to the entire community and like literally the entire town. Oh, than Mr. Potter, because he's... He's a dick. He's a dick. <laughs> like, but the entire town shows up for George and pretty much just hands them their own money like he did to them, like whenever the stock market crashed. Mm-hmm. He gets all this money from the community and they help him out in his time of need. Mm-hmm. And um, just like he did for them. Mm-hmm. And Clarence leaves a book for him and it's the Tom Sawyer book and he opens up the front page and it says, uh, do you have the quote? Because I want to mess it up. I will pull it up here just a second. I mean, I can... Remember, no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks yep. for the wings. Yep. So, I... This movie... It didn't give me the Christmas feels, but it gave me a lot of feels. Um. Yeah, I would say the same. Like, it gave me more feeling than some of the Christmas movies did, but not necessarily stuff that was associated with Christmas time. Mm-hmm. So, uh, outside of, like, just, uh, you know, doing good unto others, which oh, yeah. that should be happening now, year-round period, but... Agreed. But I I really... I, I had a feeling I would love this movie, but I wasn't totally sure. Because, like, I, I thought I would enjoy Muppets, and I didn't. I thought I would, too, but that was where my memory... Well, there are many times where my memory yeah. doesn't serve me correctly. But I thought I would enjoy Muppets more, and... I, yeah, no, this one was, like, my was my favorite. Yeah. And for me, personally, like, there are moments where um, I'm pretty big into reading movie reviews and getting other people's opinions on movies, and... Some of the movies that a lot of people hold near and dear and, like, hold very top tier, like, I'll watch them and I'm like, meh. It was good, but I don't see what they're talking about. For this one, like, no, I I get it. I see what people are talking about. This one, this movie is 70 plus years old and still stands the test of time. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And, And, like... And what few things of that era are there and present, it's not overtly problematic no it's not Mm-mm. and there's something about i don't know if you felt this way or not but there's something about 
just seeing a movie being practically done. Like, everything is real that you're watching. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no CGI because CGI doesn't exist. Like, it almost, it just feels more special when you watch a movie like that to me. Mm -hmm. Like, it feels like there's more work put into it. Feels more authentic. It feels more authentic, and I wanted to text Dakota when I started the movie. I was like, they just don't make them like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're boomers. <laughs> yeah, like, but like they they really don't. No, like, but that's because the industry has changed. Yeah, like this is a very original movie, and everything's done. Like you can tell everything's done by hand. Like they filmed the, it in ninety days. <sighs> 90 days because that was the production at the time which that was in the contract isn't too bad 90 days isn't too bad for a filming schedule honestly but when you have like these big budget blockbusters that take years to make like yeah it makes sense but 90 days at that point in time like yeah that that sounds about right i thought it was neat um but where would you where would you, I mean it's our favorite this month but like where would you put it with your the rating scale well with your holiday um, oh holiday like <coughs> I would see here's the thing like I hate it. this is where I get a little confused with myself as I often am but anyway um, like where I get a little confused with it is like this feels very like almost in like the vein of like die hard it's not about christmas but it because it's on christmas time yeah so i wouldn't have even watched this had it not been for like the time of the year for us Mm -hmm. but i'm also like i would watch this any time of the year yeah so my my question was um going to be does it does it go into your yearly watches for your like christmas movies i could see it doing so i would probably do it again next year yeah yeah I think so too. I think it's gonna because my yearly ones and I still haven't like we're four days away from Christmas. Merry Christmas! Happy Chrysler! (laughs) I haven't watched Elf yet, and I'm like, I got, I need to sit down and watch Elf. You need to watch Elf. That's for that's a you thing. Yeah. Um, when I was little, I used to go through like the the clay the the animated ones. Yeah, I I recently got Rudolph, uh, Frosty, and uh, Santa Claus coming down in 4K that I wanted to. See if it, you could actually, like, I've found 4K claymations going to look either really good or really bad. I don't know. <laughs> um, one of the things that at work, uh, I got my old mentor a, a, a Rudolph and a Reindeer coffee cup. Yeah. And the reason I did that, though, was the Island of Misfit Toys because of how things are separated at yeah. my job. And so we're in a totally different building doing the therapy stuff. And it's we, I, we always joke we're the Island of Misfit Toys and I'm a little polka dotted elephant. And so I got her that little cup, too, as, like, a reminder of, like, you're always going to be the island of misfit toys, like, with us. You're going to be our Rudolph. Um, So, like, I do, like, have fond memories of, like, some Christmas movies. um, And as a child, did watch them just as an adult. Kind of, kind of fell flat. Yeah. Um, So, if if I think about it long enough... The rest of the podcast is going to be completely quiet while Matt thinks. No, stop that. <laughs> um, I on my rating scale, I think I, you're going to have trouble because I feel like you want to put it at a ten, but you're trying to tell yourself not to put it at a ten. That's exactly what I'm doing. Hey, because <laughs> uh, 
I love watching like the sound waves peak whenever <laughs> I talk. It's just like yeah. it takes up the whole screen. Now that we've gone off topic, Dakota's ADD is kicking in. It's always it, it never goes away. <laughs> first and foremost, it never goes away. If you away. have something to focus on, it's a little better. Uh but <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. I've had like three other things coming into my head. All right, at this timestamp, the podcast goes into its ending podcast rants. Uh, But no. uh, I want to go nine. That's where I'm at. I want to go nine. It's so, it's, it's really good. It is good. For a first time watch, I'm, I, yeah, if I were to watch it again, it might go higher. Well, here's the thing. I'm trying to think of like, is there anything I would change about it? And there's not. Mm -mm. It's a really good story. Um. Because, like, like, the things that I don't put at a 10 are things that, like, you can make improvements here, you can make changes here, but, like, you need to see the flaws in George Bailey to create that character. Like, you see the flaws, like, he's he's not really a womanizer, but he does dumb things that... Like do when, when you're thing, 18. Yeah. And, like... Like, that scene where he, like, accidentally gets Mary's robe off, and he's like, oh, there's a naked woman in a bush. What should I do in this situation? He's like dragging it out. And Mary's like, listen, asshole, give me the rope. It's like, I'm going to call the police. And then it's like, oh, fortunate that your daddy had a stroke. Because otherwise this would have taken a turn. (laughs) Um, And I hate to say that. But like everything was like timed really well. Um, I think what you had, we had said pre, pre podcast talk was it took a little while for you to get there. Like the, like getting no. into the story. Yes, but no. It took okay. it took me a, a little while to figure out what exactly was going on. Okay. Because I was like, okay, we're getting the history of George Bailey, but like, what's the point of this? We have to figure out where it started. Yeah. So, I, I I had no qualms with that. Like, it made sense to me because it was linear. I'll give it a nine point five. Okay. What prevents it from being a ten? Just that piece of it. Um. It is a little long-winded. I would say it's a little long, yeah. Like, it's almost as if, like, you don't... Like, it. Like it's good that... I feel like, like it takes a little bit too long for Clarence to show up. I agree. That's where I was trying to get to it at. Because, like, at any point, Clarence could have, like, intervened. Yeah. So, it was like, when do you know, like, that's the one? Like, I don't know if we needed the scene where George goes to the bar. Nah, no, he was already... I think, we, I think we could have got... Like, if you cut the bar scene out, he still could have gone to the bridge and gotten the same results. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. Because, I mean, you go back to the bar, like, right after Clarence shows up anyways. Like, it's literally, like, bar scene, Clarence, bar scene. It's like, eh, you could have taken out the bar scene beforehand. It's mm-hmm. not the one after. So, outside of, like, some pacing issues. Yeah, so 9.5. That's where I'm at. I'd agree. But... I'm staying with 9. Yeah. But... But I, I do think this is one that's going to go into the catalog for me. Um, and comparing it to the other three movies, it is I think it is my favorite. The best one. Yeah, out it's of my this favorite month. out of this month for sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, and I'll, I'll be honest, like this month has been particularly hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's really been, but. Uh, We've talked about my Depresso uh, on numerous episodes, but, like, the Depression's just been really bad this month. Um, Like, really bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Worse than normal. And 
it took a movie like this to kind of lift me up a little bit. It teaches you some gratitude, I think. Yeah. It teaches you gratitude and it teaches you like to kind of think outside of yourself in a way. Because I think personally I was dealing with, uh, I kind of taken up a new job and I think I was dealing with a little bit of an identity crisis. Um, yes, I'd agree. And I was dealing with things of like, people were telling me I was doing a really good job and Dakota knows this. That's even though I know that I do a good job sometimes, like I have a hard time with praise <laughs> Dakota's like a little. <laughs> it's okay. But like it, it, you know, that not that I have the depression and that's actually one of the, the mental illnesses. Like I, I myself struggle to, to help treat. Yeah. Funnily enough. Um, it's not that I can't, I have, but that's one of the ones like early on, like I, I struggled with it. Um, because like it could be so vastly different from my own lived experience. Yeah. And so sometimes it's a little hard to, to get on that level. Um, but we get there and I've helped, I mean, I, I, they tell me I've helped. This is where I'm like, yeah, same. Um, it's kind of like that imposter syndrome kind of creeps on you. It's like, am I, am I though? Or is it just because of this? Or is it because of this? Or mm-hmm. if they had another option would have been this. Yeah. And like it, and it's hard. And my friend, my friends are particularly bad and they're just like, take the compliment Dakota. And I've gotten to a point now where it's like, okay, I will. I got it. So take yeah. the compliment, Matthew. Yeah. Well, Yes, but I think I think the problems I've had this month stem from this imposter syndrome and being in a brand new job and not being able to accept the fact that maybe I am doing a really good job at it. Because mm-hmm. it's brand new and like just you just didn't get you didn't have enough time to adjust. Well, we're coming off. Well, I was coming off of a job where we both worked at where. You really didn't get a whole lot of gratitude for you what you get, did. You didn't really get a lot of direction in general. Yeah. But. And. I mean. That's, it's a hard. I'm, I'm glad I got out of that job that I was at. Because like. I'll be honest. Like sure. that place was a. If you stay there. That's a place where you. Where careers go to die. <laughs> like, but it's a great stepping stone. Oh yeah. It's a great stepping stone. I can talk the, about it all I want now. Because I don't work there. The cycle bar. <laughs> the cycle bar. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> no. The place that we used to work at together. Is just not. I worked there for two years. And. I think it was a huge. Just. Change for me. It was almost like I was dealing with whiplash. No, that's what I'm saying. Is like yeah. you go from one extreme to the other, yeah. and like, of course, you didn't have enough yeah. time to adjust. The, the new job that I have is like it. It was really, it was a really good job, and like I was enjoying it, and I felt like I was making a difference. And people were telling me that like you're doing a great job, and like all this and all that. But like, I wasn't doing anything different compared to what I was doing at the previous job. And at my previous job, it's like, ah, eh, well, you exist. <laughs> and it's just like that imposter syndrome of like, I never got any of this at my previous job. So like, am I actually doing a good job? And so that's the thing too, of like those automatic negative thought processes, which mm-hmm. are things that I provide psycho psychoeducation about of like, you're not going to know any different because like you've been told this your entire life or for a long extended period of time. So like when mm-hmm. you are in a professional setting and 
it's not the best environment like you're going to take that away and then when you go to a different environment it doesn't necessarily have to be an overtly positive one which mm-hmm. it sounds like yours was and i'm glad for that but just going to a different environment in general it's a, it's a hard adjustment well i get for me and i'll i'll bring it back to the movie here in a little bit after i say this but like, <laughs> stop it. quit it <laughs> the add kicked in stop it it doesn't go away <laughs> it just exists constantly sometimes. i know but sometimes it just comes in and out yeah but um for me i feel like uh oh damn it the cutting made me lose my train of thought Stop! You you're made gonna, it worse. Because you're going to bring it back to you. You're going to bring it back to the movie. No, d- stop singing because it's distracting it, me. You're going to bring it back to the movie. That's why I sang it. No, I there was something remember. I was going to say before that. Oh, couldn't tell you. Yeah, I know because you distracted me. Stop! I have to live with myself. Like, can God. you imagine how many times I get off the roller coaster? <laughs> oh, God, it peaked. It's not just me. It peaked so bad. So no. you, were, you were getting ready to say a thing, and then yeah, you made me lose track. And I, uh. so I was gonna bring it back to the movie and how, like, how I was feeling. Like I, I felt like how George Bailey felt. Like I was yeah. doing all this stuff for other people, and I was making progress. For, but you feel, but like, like you felt like for what? Yeah. And I felt like George was also kind of having this in like a little bit of imposter syndrome because he's like, I'm just doing it because it's. What you do for people. I'm just doing it because I sacrificed this. I'm just doing it because that's all I know. And that's the, the, the series of events that were my life is what led me here. Yeah. Well, like, I feel like for George, it's like, and it's the same for me in how you help people because that's what you do. You help people because that's, that's what you do. You help people. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, there are moments where like, could I have helped somebody or could I have been a better person? For sure. But I think overall, like, everybody has those moments where it's like, I'm a good person, but there are some times where I'm like, I don't really want to people today. <laughs> like, oh, no, all the time. And it's like, and you know, the, I could. are in the business of yeah, people. And it's like, you know, I could do a really nice thing, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> like, but, you know, and that's where I feel like one of the, and one of the reasons why I give it a nine is like, it. And I get it. It's for the story. Mm-hmm. But this also teaches, like, in a way, like, that kind of almost, like, toxic positivity. A little um, bit. If you just keep doing good things, good things will happen. And that's not guaranteed. It's not. It's not. Nothing is... The only thing that we are in control of is ourselves. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. Um, we don't control what happens to us. And it's really crappy and having to explain, like, trauma. And, like, I usually use, like, a broken window as an allegory for that. Like, somebody breaks the window, you're the one responsible for cleaning it up. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. It sucks. Yeah. But you're the one responsible for cleaning it up. But you get to choose how you do it. And if you don't clean it up, then you potentially can hurt yourself or others that come in and walk on that glass. No, you're right. And so, while I admire his tenacity and I admire like him still wanting to, I think, innately still do the right things, you still see moments of frustration where, like, he sees Sam and his, like, his friend Sam and his wife and how they're like, come down to Florida, we're wealthy. And they're like, well, we're not because we're literally making ends meet trying to help others. And you see him, like, you see his car and how it's old and he kicks the door and he's yep. frustrated. Yep. And you get to see those flaws and those human sides of it, which I admire. But also that's a person that 
is, is sacrificing more than he needs to. And so that's where we get into like emotional baggage. What is yours to carry? What is your responsibility? Yeah. And so it seems selfish for him wanting to like think of himself and he knows that, but the fact that it rewards that I'm happy that it rewards it, but I'm also like, it's, it's a movie. It's a movie. So like they're gonna, you're going to have your happy ending. Yeah, I get that. But in real life, the happy ending doesn't always happen. No, and it's up to us to choose what that is or even what happiness even means to us. And it gets into these kind of almost existential questions. Um, had a conversation with, like, a uh, like family member earlier today. Um, and because it's me, I'm like, oh, baby, you're afraid of failure. And, like, just the light clicking on in the eyes, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> these are things. And like, but what do I do to do it? I, I can't tell you that. Yeah. All I can tell you is what I observe and what you're doing to prevent yourself from succeeding because you're afraid of failure. You're afraid to try. Yeah. And, you know, I'm usually, I think you could maybe agree. Like, I'm usually pretty self-aware. What? About what. <laughs> about, I'm just kidding. About what triggers, like, my depression and stuff yeah. like that. But, yeah. Like when we've had conversations this month, I'm like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. And usually I do. And I think it was just not being able to admit that like. But that's the thing too. Like you were in a new situation as well. Like you can contribute some of the stuff back to it. And this is the thing about mental illness and how you're like, your ADD is kicking it. Well, it never really goes away. (laughs) Just like your symptoms, your depressive symptoms can improve and they might teeter totter. But parts of that and what they're rooted to like those never really go away you just get a little bit better of working with it yeah i know what i was gonna say before you distract me now uh, well it just came back to me like i think part of it is uh you're about to sing again and i was gonna i i would have smacked you (laughs) but uh (laughs) i think for the first time in a really long time it's felt like I've actually been wanted. Mm. Like, not not when it comes to, like, relationship stuff. Because I do feel wanted in my relationships. But, like, oh, it when it comes to, like, when it comes to work. It could go everywhere. Yeah, when like, it comes... Like, there's different parts of your life, you know. Yeah. When it comes to, like, work specifically. Like, I never felt... When I worked at the place we worked at, it ne- like, I could leave there and they could not give two shits that I left. And I'm pretty sure they didn't care that I left. I'm pretty sure if I sneeze sideways, somebody was getting after me. But that's my look. That's my look. But, like, I felt wanted. I felt like they wanted me there. And they really, like, were trying to make me realize that, like, no. Like, you're a very integral part of this team. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) we... we, It's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, I've never, like... I'm sorry, what? You mean I'm not... You mean I'm what? not just a warm body, like like you mean I'm not what? Yeah. What? Cool. So, and like, I won't get into it, but like, there are even more things happening in my life right now where it's like, it's like almost an overabundance of like. Weird. You change your environment, and good things tend to happen. Well, like, weird. Well, like something happened in my life very recently that just like. It kind of just landed in my lap, and I wasn't expecting it. And like, that's where it's like you gotta, like you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, like it's just wild because, like, for the longest time, like you know this, I felt stuck, mm-hmm. and now it's just like, 
Here you go, George. Yeah. Here you go, buddy. So, Isn't it weird to, weird to, like, this is the movie that we were doing and all that happened? Yeah, all right. Weird. Universe, man. It's a weird place. So, 9.5. 9. And it, it it's easily my favorite movie out this month. I not agree. that Not that I didn't enjoy, I enjoyed The Grinch. I enjoyed our time with National Lampoon's Vacation. I did not enjoy our time as much with the Muppets as I thought I would. It's okay. Um, I enjoyed bashing it. <laughs> it was fun. But I feel like you can also tell, like, I was looking at the amount of time we spoke on each podcast, and, like, the podcasts this month have been all have been, like, under an hour. Because <laughs> we're just like, eh. Yeah. Like, I was expecting more out of the Christmas months. And maybe, maybe next month, next... Uh, December, we just we need to pull the ones that we truly love and we know we love. Alrighty, here we come with Rudolph. That's fine. I'm down. And how I'm gonna talk about how you're not wanted unless you could provide a service for only like the second time today, even (laughs) like let's go. Um, But if you're gonna do Rudolph, we gotta do Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, we'll do Santa Claus is coming to town. But if you if you gotta do two Rankin Bass movies, I'll I'll probably do Home Alone and uh, Elf. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. All right. Cool. Depending on if there's d- if there's five Mondays in December, we'll have to find a fifth. Otherwise, Dakota's gonna be like, "Maybe you're alien. Maybe you're alien." Nope, it's not a Christmas movie. Dakota doesn't matter. Maybe you're alien. I will too. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of five Mondays, uh, there are five Mondays in January, and I did actually plan out five recording sessions for january Look, there's not that many muppet movies eventually um, i'm gonna run out <laughs> but uh we each picked two movies and we're actually having a guest on at the end of january and it's not um, my sister it is not taylor uh, it is my friend eric uh we're looking forward to having him on we're doing a mel brooks movie we're doing not space balls we're not doing blazing saddles we're not doing young frankenstein doing men in tights doing men in tights if you say it fast enough it sounds like meningitis <laughs> i love men in tights it's one of my it's one of my favorite mel brooks movies and I've eric's, not seen it. eric's a big mel brooks fan so i'm really excited for that episode i'm excited to just watch y'all bro it out yeah yeah you've never really because like even the guys at work when we worked together admit, like, like there was no real like bro no no yeah. bro no broskin no so i'm yeah. excited to like actually see you be not animated like that was weird <laughs> <laughs> like you actually have emotion um How dare you? <laughs> i'm sorry that's the first thing i'm excited to see you like be because i feel like you're comfortable with me i'm your friend yeah. right we like each other we're okay no i hate you that that makes sense um <laughs> i don't want I'm, you in my house currently <laughs> Get up! <laughs> I'm taking the dog with me. <laughs> no. He's, He's so my cute. emotional support animal. I have, I'm like my own emotional support goblin, I think. But I'm excited anyway. I'm, I'm really excited to see you like bro out with the, with a person. Yeah. Like, I'm super excited. It'll be fun. But on that note, do you want to leave any like last kind of message as we go into the new year? or? I was going to talk about our schedule and then end the podcast. So, into the new year, this is going to be the schedule. I don't know it. No, you do. Again. You know what movies we're watching? Men in tights. I'll, I'll just say. So, I'll pick two and Dakota pick two. I've already forgotten the two I've picked. Oh, my God. I have. We're, we're literally watching one this week already. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, we got Coraline. To do. Today. 
Um, be the day. Oh my god. So Coraline, and then we have Men in Tights, and then we have. You picked a therapy one. I did pick a therapy. Goodwill Hunting's gonna there be one of them, right? Yeah. Okay, I didn't pick that, did yes, I? Yes, you did. Oh, I did. Yeah, because you were like, you want to be sad, and I was like, no, but okay, that's what we're doing. Because she picked it, and I was like, you're gonna relate to this, and you're gonna get sad, or you're prepared for that, and you're like, no, no. but I want to do it. And then the, what was the last one? There's two more. Two, two more stars. Because the so there's five. My Look, God. I know you sent me a Google Doc. I know you sent me a Google Doc. I operate on like a day to day. I was five like two minutes ago. I know. I operate on a second to second basis. My little goldfish brain. So Dakota's movies are Coraline, Coraline and Goodwill, Goodwill Hunting. Hunting. The two movies I picked, um, I guess I just really liked watching old movies this month with uh, It's a Wonderful Life because we're also watching a pretty old movie. It's black and white. We're watching one of my favorite black and white movies, 12 Angry Men. Oh, yeah, 12 Angry Men. And I think I think you will like it. Okay. Um, it's a very unique movie where, like, the I have entire... made more than 12 men angry, so Well, yes. no, like, the entire movie takes place in a singular room. Mm-hmm. Is this, like, the courtroom, like, there? Like, uh-huh. Okay, okay, uh-huh. okay, okay. And then my other one is, I've talked about it multiple times. I've said we're going to watch it at some point, and we're going to watch it, because... Dakota picked a claymation stop motion, so I was like, yeah, let's do another stop motion. Let's do two. We're going to watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Look, I know. You've seen them, and I appreciate your patience with me. I really do, because it's, it's you tell me this is what we're doing. I'm like, you got it, boss yeah. man. So uh, what we'll do is we will probably go ahead and knock out both of Dakota's movies uh, starting out in January. So next week, we're going to watch Coraline. And then after that, we will watch Goodwill Hunting so Dakota can cry. And then uh, we will watch Fantastic Mr. Fox. And after that, 12 Angry Men. And end out the month with a good old fashioned comedy. Men and tights. And having a guest on with Eric. And I think it's going to be a good time. I think, I think it's a very. It's it's not super diverse, but like it's a pretty diverse ish. It's month. diverse enough for me to forget. Well, like, we got a comedy in there. Yeah. Uh, we got two stop motions, but they are drastically different. Like, one's Clay and one's... Yep. <sighs> one's Wes Anderson and yep. furry and all kinds of crazy stuff. A furry Wes Anderson. But, and then one is a courtroom drama and one is very much like an emotional roller coaster drama. Like, it's fine. We're going to be fine. Matt Damon's going to make you cry. Matt Damon. And then Ben Affleck's here. Like, hey, Ben Affleck's there. And you're like, why is Ben Affleck here? <laughs> like, ben Affleck. Ben, you know, I ask myself that often. Why well, like, is Ben, ben Affleck's Affleck here? in the movie. I don't know. He helped write it with Matt Damon. So he needs to be in the movie. But, like, he plays Matt Damon's best friend, obviously, in the movie. Because they're best friends in real life. But, like, you're just kind of like, so between, holy, what's the purpose of you being here? Between you and Eric, which one of you is Matt Damon and which one of you is Ben Affleck? I feel like I'm Damon. We'll have to see if Eric agrees with that when we have him on. I don't think he's ever seen Goodwill Hunting. Does he want to do another one? He could do both. No. Nah. But on that note, everyone, uh, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Happy New Year. All of that great stuff. And uh, we'll see you in the new year. Absolutely. And we look forward to watching Coraline with you in the first of the year. Yes. So Have a good one. Signing off. Toodles. Bye.